again with another episode of Readcast. We're a Star Citizen podcast sponsored by the Read Organization. I'm your host, Way Too Geeky, and I'm joined as always by my classy AF co-host, Chekhov. Say hello, Chekhov. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the danger zone, or I would call bug zone, but I guess we can get into a little later of why this episode, I think, should be kind of themed that. Well, as appropriately, get in your conga line of death and pray for your Vandal helmet, and let's start the show. Uh, tonight, we are joined by a special guest, uh, Nick Narrow. Uh, Nick, welcome to the show. Hey, great to be here. I've heard good things. Awesome. Well, um, you know, for starters, Nick, why don't you just tell us a little bit about yourself as well as your favorite in-game activity? Oh, well, that's easy enough. I'm with the uh, Reed organization. I'm the senior engineering fellow there, the executive it's called. And my favorite thing is building a great loadout and rock mining at the moment. Okay, great. Um, so, as usual, the way I like to start the show is we talk a little bit about what we've been up to this past week in the verse. Nick, why don't you start us off? What have you been doing in the verse? I'm guessing rock mining to some degree. Uh, rock mining is one of my key occupations right now because it's got a good progress to uh, pay ratio. It really is cost effective compared to other things right now. I mean, before it was hauling cargo and I saw people get rich off that and it was a really amazing to see. Right now, though, I'm finding a few bugs that I hear Chekhov has the uh, inside scoop on. <laughs> I'm sure he does. What What about you, Chekhov? Well, it's it's funny because, uh, not to sound uh, redundant here, but uh, rock is what I'm also experimenting with. But my take is almost, uh, well, it's not really opposite. It's just, well, first of all, I want to say by saying that Right now, to me, it's the, probably the best return on your investment, and here's why. Because you can buy the rock in game for about 170000 right? And then if you have a freelancer, which is, you know, everyone has one for free, you can actually fit your rock inside a freelancer. But here's the challenge. And, uh, you know, I guess I'll cover it, cover it in my what I've been doing, and I'll just kind of uh, sort of, mesh it in with for science because you can call it for that so here's the main the main issue and the main issue is how long it takes to do it and then if you crash how long it takes to come back and one of the reasons is as you probably experienced is you know if you take the rock down to the planet and you take it out and you start mining like what happened to me for let's say you get a 30k well, now you're starting over again. But if you're doing any other activity, typically get a ship and keep on going. We're here. Now you have to get your freelancer, right, where you spawned it. And now it's a roll of a dice, right? Because if mm -hmm. I go to Bezdak and try to pick up the rock, uh, half of the time I've been getting the red X of death. Rock is mm -hmm. not coming up. So then here I am hauling all the way to Microtech, pick up the rock, and then put it back on a freelancer, and I'll take it all the way back to Ariel and do it again. So, for it's it's a so far my experience. Believe it or not, I have yet to to collect a single rock 
yet using ROC just because oh, of this. Oh, that's so funny. So it well, just, like, just so it's, you know, like, Chekhov, you don't have to go all the way to Microtech. I believe one of the other moons surrounding Hurston has I think an entrance. Walla, I want to say. Yeah. the The big thing is when when you crash for some reason, it's like it doesn't recognize the rock is destroyed and claimable. So if you fly to another moon that has landing pads, it'll let you claim it from there versus going all the way to Microtech. Okay. So would the work workaround be get to Ariel, store the rock, start mining, so in case you crash, you'll be able to respawn it there, or there's no guarantee in that also? There's no guarantee of that either. Got it. Well, yeah. that's why I, I found Microtech to be more predictable getting the rock mm -hmm. out. That's just my experience. Mm. Yeah, and I hate to say it, but what works one time may not work the next time because I don't know what bugs are in play right now, but something makes the results inconsistent. Yeah. There you go. That's why I said this episode should be themed the bug zone. And we all know why it's a danger zone, too. That's a whole different topic, <laughs> right? Exactly. Yeah. Um. So uh, my my week in the verse was very minimal because I actually um, had to go to my hometown uh, earlier, you know, near the end of last week. So I haven't really got to play except for last night. And I'm going to leave that to other parts of conversation because they fill different parts of the episode. Um, so let's talk about what's been going on in the verse. Uh, so um, first and foremost, not much. Right. Um, we saw a 311 bug patch um, that I would have thought actually made it buggier than fixing bugs based on my experience. Agreed. Um, feels like, yeah. Yeah. Feels like a buggy patch. Um, but, you know, who knows? It did fix quite a few issues. It's just the issues that came about seem worse. Um, Last week, we did not have an inside star citizen, but I'm so happy to say their hiatus is over. And this week, we're going to be seeing a look at uh, their mining HUD overhaul, as well as a sprint report. Uh, so that I'm looking forward to. And especially since hopefully we'll see things that aren't 311 related anymore, because they've been beating that dead horse. Um, which leads me to Star Citizen Live, <laughs> which was all about 311, which... That horse has been beaten, kicked, throttled, turned into glue. Um, they glued two horses together, beat them, kicked them, killed them, turned them into... Like, how much more 311 do we need to hear? Um, besides the song Amber by the band 311. <laughs> okay, there is one thing we need to hear. And I've been surprised that it's been so understated. The Mercury Star Runner is supposed to be coming out in a .x patch. Yep. And I haven't heard people, you know, clamoring for it. The same way they did the Carrick. So I'm kind of surprised about that omission. Oh, I think people are clamoring for it. It's just, I think, I think the, the difference is the X patch is clearly much closer than the one that released the Carrick. You know, like I would expect in theory, no, yeah, I would expect probably this weekend or by next weekend, something um, just based on how many tasks they have left. I hate to say it, but honestly, I'll be happier to see the bugs vanish than the MSR appear. I, you know, same here, and I'm really excited for the MSR. 
So um, am I. I mean, I even got that second skin for it when they had that introduction event, the uh, dark mm-hmm. gray to black skin. Yep. And I was looking forward to that. But now it's kind of like I went to Klesher because I couldn't respond properly to the guys trying to scan. And they ended up killing me and sending me to jail. And I'm like, yeah. no. Are you kidding yeah. me? It happens a lot. Um, you know, some of the, the some of the highlights that I picked up, though, from the episode, I didn't intimately watch it. I may have used a, a certain someone's uh, YouTube to, you know, succinctly discover the information, a.k.a. Nubifier, um, were that they did talk about extending the green zone so that, you know, in interiors you can draw your weapons. They did talk about some missile lock changes within... You know, you can still missile lock within green zones, but if you're too close to the landing zone, it won't launch the missile. Um, anyone anyone else pick anything up interesting from the Star Citizen line? Um, yeah, well, something that uh, was, I guess was always around, and I didn't know this was in a sort of a second stage of the force reaction. I mean, it's the first time I've noticed, actually, the effects of it. And which I thought was really cool. So I kind of thought that that was interesting. And where, where they're going with the whole thing. And, uh, you know, again, just brings in additional immersion into the game. Yeah. Well, I don't know. That force reaction stuff, all I've noticed is my character seems to be having random seizures as I'm walking around <laughs> on ships. Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> I, I could see it on the smaller ships that are less stable and vibrate a lot or bounce around. But really, on an 890, I don't think so. Yeah, yeah it's the, I, I didn't see it on 890. I saw it on the Valkyrie, and it was pretty cool. I've been seeing it in my Carrick without the Carrick even being on. It's in the hangar oh. still. All right, so I guess. Yeah, that's, that's too much. It's like slight leaning, or I don't know if it's that or some weird hitching that seems like it's the force reaction, but whatever it is, it's driving me insane. Yeah. It showed up at the same time, so I'm blaming force reaction. There you yeah. go. But I guess when it works, it really is cool because I saw it, like I said, on the Valkyrie when we had our event. It was very, there was like four of us standing, and this Valkyrie was sort of taking off and moving, and you could really see the effect of it. It, it, it was doing what it, was, what it meant to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it, it should be cool, and I think it will be interesting when it's, you know, honed a little bit. Um, but it's clearly, you know, implementation number one, which can be a little a little daunting, to say the least. Well, yeah, I'm I wondering, is it the desync it's seeing that makes you look like you're having a bob and weave moment? Or is it just bugged out flat? I don't know if it's bugged out or, like, to me, it almost feels as though it's too sensitive that to, I feel like it should take a lot of force considering, especially on larger ships where they have a gravity generator. Completely agreed. Um, the mass of the ship would be a stabilizing effect. Yeah. But I mean, who knows? They'll, they'll find, they'll fine tune it, tweak it, you know, right. but again, according to alpha. Them, this is stage two. That's what I was surprised to hear. I never knew it was actually in game. So, but according to them, it's stage two, and I believe they. Uh, so I don't know if you guys ever noticed stage one of it mm, or experienced stage. Good one. question. I don't. I, I don't know. What, can't 
think of any stage one I recognized. I will say um, they did mention also with with regards to force reactions that they would be including them on trains. So I'm guessing those would be minor force reactions. Um, I don't know. That train on Microtech, that thing moves so fast. I'm afraid I'd end up as paste. Yeah, (laughs) against the back wall. Especially since the seats don't interact. Um, Yeah, not exactly seatbelts. Yeah, exactly. The other... um, the other thing that they mentioned was that um, with force reactions, they will actually um, the, there could be sort of like knocked out states. So you might render yourself unconscious depending on how bad the force reaction is uh, and things like that. So I guess we'll see some more around there. I'm afraid to ask about the memes we're going to see for this for the 300 oh, series sure. toilets. I can oh just my see it. Sports reaction on toilets. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know, you have a payload of uh, flavor to unleash from a torpedo burrito, and the next thing you know, the force reaction has you out cold, slumped over the uh, throne, as it were. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> it's yeah, like, it would really stink. At first, you thought the inner force reaction was going to pass you out, but now you've rendered yourself unconscious on the toilet. Exactly. And at least it is a toilet, so you can clean yourself up. But hey, who yeah. knew it would be that useful? Mm-hmm. Um, another thing that happened, though, you know, even though it was a quiet week, there was quite a bit of activity on the dev tracker. Um, so I don't know how much people have been paying attention to that. But Chad McKinney and Mark Abent have been answering a lot of questions. So things on Spectrum, such as um questions about quantum and quanta planets orbiting um you know even things like now that stuff uh, sounds cool i heard a lot about that at the citizen con last year but i've completely mm-hmm. missed it so you've got my rapt attention here yeah well so a prime example right is someone asked you know this is a paraphrase but the the rule of thumb has always been NPCs are going to outnumber real players nine to one, right? Because we don't want a fully player driven economy. We want a player influenced economy. Um, And so they were asking if that's still the case, given what was talked about with Quanta. And so Chad said, um, you know, what you consider the ratio is going to get really fuzzy because of Quanta probabilistic generation, virtual AI and missions. Uh, So in some ways, you could view it as beyond that ratio, just depending on what you count as an NPC. So what he's saying here, at least from what I'm reading, you know, the AI that is sort of involved in quanta, you know, and then those spontaneous um, missions that might occur based on a probability volume that you might be flying through or moving through, as well as randomly generated missions, those don't actually, it sounds like those don't count as the nine to one NPC ratio, even though that that grouping is driving the economy. So the nine to one, I'm guessing, comes in perhaps for the NPCs that are actually placed visually and interactively instead of just the quanta. I mean, am I getting that maybe? I mean, I'm getting at least a hinting of that or at least some combination of those potential outcomes like 
maybe some of the the virtual AI that you're not seeing that are driving like the quanta stuff, maybe some of them won't what might be counted in that ratio, but there's always the random mission generation and things like that. Who knows? Okay, so theoretically we could have NPCs giving other NPCs missions that we don't see, but that still influence other events that are happening. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like the pirate missions are being taken by NPCs if the players don't. So there's pirate activity for the bounty exactly. hunters to chase. Okay, that, exactly. that doesn't sound bad at all. Exactly. Um, he also talked about the quantum system. Like someone was asking, you know, are we going to get full access to that in game? Um, and he was saying there wouldn't be a full visualization or complete availability of the system uh, for players, but that certain parts of it might be useful in the game, you know, they, they don't want to break immersion to have like, you know, this complete, and he didn't say this, but this is my words to have like a complete God view of a system, but it might help you figure out like where it might show a, a simplistic version where maybe there might be more pirate activity or where you're more likely to con, you know, deal with a dangerous route on your, on your star map or whatever the case may be. Well, I'd still appreciate to get the news report. At 6 and 11, to give me the highlights at least. Mm-hmm. I mean, it sounds like they're doing some exciting stuff, even if most of it yeah. is sweeping up after my messes. Yeah. Um, they also talked another interesting tidbit, and then I'll, I'll leave it to you guys if you have any other things you want to talk about with relationship to this. Chad, once again, he answered something uh, around, will you have, um, you know, will you be able to buy or rent um, habs, hangers, apartments, individual areas for ourselves or our organizations. And of course he said buying and renting spaces spaces is a long part of their has long been a part of their vision. Um, iCash and global persistence are key. Um, and then they asked, have there been any changes to these ideas? And if so, could you tell us what they are? And he said, I'm sure there have been changes over the years, depending on who you asked and what quote you're referencing. So it would be hard to say exactly. Um, That said, if I could generalize it, I would say that with procedural planets and global persistence, we've afforded ourselves the possibility of being much more ambitious with these ideas than was originally thought possible. Mm -hmm. I like the sound of that, but I have one question that harkens back to the hangar apartment rental thing. And that is in the original Kickstarter thing, they had goals where if they pass them, you get bonus features added. Mm -hmm. One of the features I qualified for was the hangar space on my home world was completely free indefinitely. Mm -hmm. How do I set my home world? Is it done for me? Can I move it? I mean, is this something I can share with my org? Because that so, sounds like a big deal. So my understanding, at least, and this is me trying to be a little bit of a historian, but I, I don't know everything, but I, I have been a little geeky, right? Um, way too, one might say. Uh, <laughs> the nice. homeworld that you specify, there will be a certain 
list of planets based on I my guess would be proximity to dangerous space, um, ease of sort of navigating and like sort of I think there'll be kind of UEE deep planets, you know, maybe Terra, Earth and Stanton or things like that. You can choose from a set number of planets to be your home world when the game first launches. And then from there, you will have uh, a hangar that is dedicated to you always. Don't have to pay for it as far as I know. Um, so there's that. So that's what I think will drive that. Uh, in terms of will your org have access to it, I have an, I'm, I'm guessing that hangers will have permissions just like ships will have permissions and you could delegate permissions to individuals based on their roles and responsibilities within your org or your relationship with them. Um, that's just my guess. And in that case, then yes, I would, I would imagine you can give it, give your org access. What we don't know is, is it a hanger like the old hanger modules where it was the infinite hangers for every ship that you owned in the game? Guessing no. Um, I'm guessing it will be at least one hanger of a given size with maybe some ex other spaces extraneous to the actual hanger that you can use. That's going to be interesting. I have a couple of ships, and they won't all fit into one hanger of any description. Modularly linking them together, that would work, but I don't have any clarification on how they're doing it. Well, you look at an 890 jump, they probably won't fit in a player-owned hangar at all. Um, you know, you'll likely need to take some sort of... It would probably be the smartest thing to do is to take a ship up to a space station and uh, enter the 890 from there. So you're thinking some sort of orbital dry dock for ships that are in active use? Yeah, I don't know. I don't think the ship will be persistent there in the dock as much as it will. Um, I mean, I mean, who knows though? You know, if the game is as robust as they say, I don't think systems are going to be so overrun. I mean, there'll be there'll be a lot more players than there are now, but there will be so many points of interest and so many landing locations that maybe your ship is permanently there at dock. I doubt it, but. Who knows? Be very interesting. I want to know if they're going to do instanced versions of docks, or are they going to do static in place, in space? Anybody can see it if they happen to be in the right spot. If they do it, I would imagine it'll be dynamic, right? So um, the instance is based on the player count around it. Okay, that would make sense. Right? So sort of a logical compromise. Yeah, I mean, in theory, an entire 890 jump could compromise an entire server based on a need if there were thousands of people aboard the ship. Yeah, that would be its own server on itself. Several, in fact. So, I mean... It sounds very complex, and we'll see. I That's why I think they'll favor sort of the way that we spawn in ships now for the large docking ships, you know, because uh, in particular you'll go to, or you'll go to a space, um, a space port that has the larger hangars. Right. And then, yeah, I guess that's where the whole economy comes, because we always talk about, you know, how they're going to monetize this thing in the future 
you know, there's always these questions, and I think this is kind of one one way, I guess, for you're gonna pay for the convenience, you know, mm-hmm. the where where you want to have your ships, and you know, all that is gonna come into play. Yeah, yeah. Well, and similarly, you know, um, you, you may not want to have an 890 docked at Lorville um, because the population that would use an 890, unless they're at the Hurston Dynamics building, is probably not present on the planet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course, I got to give them credit. The commercially used looked like the 890 was dropping off a single person. On the building top at Art Corp. Yeah. Talk I mean, about service, right? Wow. Curbside service from what amounts to a small cruise ship. That's mm. impressive. Yeah. An Uber yacht. Well, um, you've got the credits, I guess. You've got the uh, driver. Yeah. He must He must have the credits for sure. Um, so another interesting thing that's been happening, it's not in the verse, but it's within the community. Um, that we can talk a little bit about, and I think it plays into something you hinted at earlier, Chekhov, and something I hinted at in our intro. Uh, there was a lot of commentary from some of the different, um, you know, some of the different commentators, such as morphologists and, um, you know, uh, why can't I remember his name? All of Salty Mike, about entitlement within Star Citizen. Um, and, and, and the, the sort of topic that's been driving that is the conversation around, we have this Van Duel mask competition and obviously, as you see, people are very innovative and can find ways of getting what they want. And so there've been these conga lines of death with a gladius and, and, you know, a bunch of people just standing there getting gunned down. Um, and then everyone's rotating and then those folks are getting the mask. And some people are like, who cares? Other people are like, like Mike, Salty Mike. And I, I think Morphologist was the same, feeling the same way that look, this was made with a hard goal in mind so that it was a badge of honor. And so they, they seemed a little upset that people are essentially taking the easy way to get the masks. Now, Mm -hmm. um, they did also say the fault lies in CIG because they didn't create any controls to not make it that easy. But, uh, you know, I question, what do you guys think? Hmm. Oh, I can, I weighed in on this, on that one video by morphologist already. My take on this was he was making a point. If I recall, that there was a good number of people who were paying real money to get ships and accessories, and they wanted something where you had to earn it in-game. Mm-hmm. But that takes in a second form of bias, where a lot of people have made the argument the people spending real money on the ships and accessories have this as a compensation for the lack of time they have available in-game. And there's also a player that operates on the flip of this where they have very little financial means, but all the time in the world to spend. Mm-hmm. And whether you're spending time or you're spending money, if something's available down only one path, 
it's biased to favor that play type. Mm-hmm. So you really need to have a balance. You either need to have it available both ways, you need to have it tradable as an option, or you need a maybe cosmetically unique variant of it on each side of the fence. So one guy can use real money for it, one guy can use real time for it, and somebody that doesn't have the option to have both can still access it that way. And otherwise, make it tradable if you don't want to do it that way so that people can have a functioning economy through trade. Yeah. Yeah. What, well, what about you, Chekhov? Well, I mean, the whole thing was uh, really, as I think one of our org members put it, I mean, they couldn't really care. It's alpha. They're experimenting. This was a one big PVP, uh, you know, really test that kind of went wrong. I mean, yeah, it, it, the idea was is to really push the limits of PVP and seeing how what what happens, I guess, when everyone is out there, you know, doing dog fighting. But, you know, at the end of the day, you didn't need to do that, right? You could just, you know, annihilate, put 20 players in their own, just kill them all and collect the mask. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, not, 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 I mean, the intention was kind of good and we can't blame them. Again, they're, they're experimenting, they're trying different things in alpha, you know. Mm-hmm. Whether it's to put a you know more more money on cargo right runs to see how much cargo can be carried simultaneously in a server, or uh, you know put extra emphasis on a rock, make sure everybody's mining using that vehicle. You know I think we're gonna see that patch to patch depending on what the focus is. Mm-hmm. Mm, I think you're right. I also don't think it's a coincidence that this contest showed up at the same time the green zone thing changed. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah, their time. PvP was pushed, and you know the whole thing about consensual conga lines of death. Well, that's nice, but the Benny Henge massacres have been a thing too, and those yep. pretty much were non-consensual. Yep. Yep. Um, it's interesting too because, I mean, I don't care either way. To be honest, I, the mask is cool, but. It doesn't really drive me to even try and organize 50 people to get together to Conga. Um, and certainly I'm never going to be able to kill 50 people dogfighting um, because that's just not my skill set. Um, I guess if I really loved the mask, then maybe I would. Um, I think it's interesting at least that we have something earnable in game. It'll be interesting to see. To me, the controls will be when the game's live and you have something like this death of a spaceman will be a thing. Um, whatever that, that, um, version ends up looking like in the end, uh, you know, it'll be expensive to blow up ships. It'll be expensive to be healed. And so you might not see the same type of willingness to, you know, stand in a line and get gunned down. I think it being alpha, it's like, you know, what's the big deal? I also don't see why people get so upset about it. You know, and and see this as a sign of entitlement. It's like, it's a cool thing. People want it. And quite frankly, if they don't need to go through the rigmarole of of killing 50 people by their own merits, because the game doesn't necessarily require that, then sorry, what's the big deal? Um, Yeah. I thought it was pretty exciting. You know, it created a more realistic gameplay. You know, you actually have to go out, ask your org members for an escort. You know, if you want yeah. to do a little mining, uh, 
kind of, you know, and, and you couldn't just go anywhere. You had to sort of uh, start thinking, well, where more where the dangerous spots are. So I, I was okay with it. Yeah. I like I mean, the teamwork being pushed by it, even if it was mm-hmm. inadvertently. Mm-hmm. Yep. And just the, just the sheer sense of danger between the green zones and that has made it at least, you know, it's more interesting even if you ha- run the risk of losing something. Um, you know, like I said, this week is pretty thin content. I guess I'm curious to know um, from each of you, starting with Nick, you know, what are you hoping to see in the coming weeks, especially now that we've launched this new patch? We're not looking for one probably until December to go into PTU. What are you hoping happens? Well, I'm really curious about the MSR. Are mm-hmm. they going to have a preliminary version of data running? Will the Herald be reverse engineered to do it as well? Will data be another form of cargo with its own cargo grid? Or will they handle it differently? I mean, this was supposed to be a huge, significant aspect of data, the play of it. And I don't know anything about how it's supposed to work. My understanding is the AM, based on the AMA they did for the Star Citizen birthday event, is that data running isn't coming um, with the Star Runner and that it's not as high on the priority list as actual physical cargo is right now. Okay, so it's going to be a lot like uh, Scrap, where we have ships like the Reclaimer, but they don't have a function. They're just there because they look so pretty. And I'll yeah, give that's my guess. Credit. It looks like a movie prop. It really does look good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's my guess. I mean, the importance of it goes beyond just being uh, a ship that we can't use. If you think about the fact that it's established the Crusader style guide and with Crusader coming in next year, finally, we're going to see a lot of Crusader ships, I think, over the next few months. I feel like they're overdue. Mm. What about you, Chekhov? What do you want to see? Uh, honestly, uh, it's you know it's always a real disappointment when you have a patch that takes one step forward and two steps back when it comes to bugs because we didn't see really any significant improvement in gameplay, but yet mm-hmm. it brought on way too many bugs. And and something like uh, again, I don't want to feel your pain talk about the bug right now. I'll I'll talk about it when it comes to my bugs but that's kind of the overall sentiment yeah i mean i would say this is probably the most sort of milk toast fall we've seen with with the game just between the sort of meh releases and especially it's it's meh in general but it's also the amount of bugs and just glitches and issues is um challenging and you know i'm I'm finding it hard to play the game myself um and then you know the lack of a real citizen con also meant we didn't get a lot of juicy content that sort of keeps Mm. us hyped um so i mean if you look the next major event well, we've got a few days before we find out who the Imperator is. Um, before next week's episode, we'll find out. And then, um, you know, then we have the IAE at the end of November, which 
promises to be interesting because they've been hinting at so many things, uh, as well as, you know, rumor has it we're going to be seeing a new ship from RSI, which has been coming out with the Chairman's uh, Club uh, newsletter. I'm wondering if it's going to be that rumored Odin. Supposedly, it's not going to be called the Odin. Um, that's what SC Leaks has been saying, but they've been a little off lately, so who knows? Well, if it's anything that resembles the images they came out with, it'll certainly capture a lot of uh, minds and few yeah. wallets, I bet, too. Oh, I'm sure. I mean, the record year in terms of funding is amazing, considering um, what's been going on. But um, sorry, there was a weird sound that I didn't know what it is. Um, so now that that leaves me the question, you know, you know, Nick, how are you hoping these elections turn out? We have less than a week to go. Who do you want to be our imperator? Oh, the uh, Addison candidate who's doing the yeah. AI, Rilani. You got to go for her. Addison. She's I mean, we are a science-based org. <laughs> oh, man, absolutely. And if you push the boundaries of discovery, you get cooler ships, cooler weapons, cooler gadgets. Everybody wins. What about you, Chekhov? Have you had a chance to check it out yet? Uh, I'm sorry. I'm staying out of politics, both in the real world and in game. I, can't, can't <laughs> to, to, I mean, I'm, I'm too busy <laughs> At least these debates, the moderators don't have to mute the candidates in order to have a real debate. <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> but I think one of them was positive for a computer virus. It's hard to tell. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, cool. Well, I, I also wanted Addison because for science, you know, which brings me to the next section. You know what time it is, Chekhov? Of course. Now I think I got it. It is for science. It's time for science. So, as usual, this week we will be talking about what we've done in the past week in the name of science. Um, so whether it's been trying to something new or um, testing something out, that's what this is about. Nick, have you been doing anything for science this week? Oh, I have contributed to the cause. I've been working with a couple of our other org members and we've managed to put up a couple of uh, videos where we tested out the effects of distortion weapons. We tried a couple of ships like the uh, Banu Defender, the Aegis Gladius, and I believe there was another one, but I've, the name escapes me off the top of my head. But anyways, the upshot was it only truly seems effective if you manage to aim the disruption, or the distortion rather, at where the components are physicalized. And in some ships, it's not a complete presence yet, so it doesn't work as well as you might hope, but it's really starting to show up in the game, and the shields are there regardless, so you can always take those out. So it's it's progressing, and it's very exciting, I think. Awesome. That's, that's really great. We will include those videos in the show notes for you to take a look at. Um, I believe they're on Netsmage's channel, right? That's the yeah. one. All right, cool. Check off. Yeah. What about yourself? I can't say anything significant. Like I said, all my time was spent to, you know, really perfect the the rock play. So mm -hmm. just, you know, something minor. 
You know, yes, The Rock fits in a regular size freelancer. And the best way to do it is, you know, third person lining it up straight and uh, really getting a good overhead to make sure it mm-hmm. lines up straight, aim it, floor it, and it's in. So I've been having would... problems with The Rock in in a um, in the cutlass, and I I don't really? know if for some reason it has a strange any if it has anything to do with <laughs> the green skin on my cutlass. But ever since uh, three eleven went live, I can't get my Rock in my cutty without wow, it starting to weird. like jiggle and hit things that it shouldn't be hitting. Now, there's a, there's a, oh. a little uh, very minor but very annoying anomaly don't fight. I don't know if everybody's experiencing You know how you start mining and the rock ever so slightly starts sliding on you? Getting, yeah. That drives right. me nuts. I have to shut off the engine to stop that. Yeah, oh, me too. Oh, oh, that works? And then, yeah. Yeah. And then restart it and it stops? Yep. Well, you restart it no. once you're done with the fracturing and the collecting. Yeah. Oh, okay. Interesting. Yeah. All right. Um, my rock yesterday, Nick saw this, was um, trying to exit the atmosphere of the moon that I was on. Um, I was staring at that thing going like, gravity's not really working the way I hoped. Yeah. I mean, I know it's a moon, but the gravity should be a little heavier. Um, my attempt at for science was bug ridden as well. Uh, so... What I was trying to do, it's been a while since we validated, you know, how much cargo you can actually carry from our favorite spots in the verse. So I was trying to go to Lathan and get some Laranite, see if I could fill my ship up again, because, you know, they've been tweaking those numbers. But I 30K'd mid-quantum in my Carrick. And when I went, got back into the game, my Carrick is not claimable, no matter what I do. So I'm, I wasn't planning on getting a smaller ship to test it because I want to see if I can get large quantities. Uh, so that's when I decided to rock mine. And then, of course, my rock decided it was going to leave the, the moon. So I decided to blow my rock up. This could be enhanced gameplay. It might have been, uh, you know, possession by ghosts of Banu or something. It's, yeah, it's, it's not a bug. It's a feature. It's, it's early tractor beam play. You just can't see where the tractor beam is coming from. Invisible NPCs with uh, 315Ps. Mm-hmm. NPCs, 315Ps, tractor beams. It's all there. The real story is how the cloaking technology has advanced that far. Probably Addison. No. <laughs> all right. So uh, can we add one more uh, portion to our podcast? It's called, it's called the Chekhov stupidest moment of the game because I just repeated it. I was mining in the rock, and I get again forgot at my look at my water level, and guess what? It went to zero. You dehydrated? Uh, yes. And now guess what? So now the whole cycle starts all over again. I wake up on Microtech. My ship is on aerial, and my rock is on aerial. Yeah, but those will actually persist there, so you can actually find your rock now. Oh. Hey, yeah, you might be able to summon it at Bezdek or Latham. With its full inventory intact. No, okay. not even that. It's still going to be spawned. Oh, interesting. In okay. theory. Okay. Okay. Well, I will let you know by the end of the podcast. Yeah. Do you? What, were you close to one of the um, 
No, no, no way near. I was just like in the middle of nowhere. Oh, then you're going to just need to claim that. I wouldn't waste the time trying to find it. Yeah, if you get lucky, maybe you can just spawn it from uh, Latham or Bezdek with its inventory intact, but don't be surprised if you need to claim it. Very likely. And if it's if it's still on Ariel, you may not even be able to claim it from Ariel. Yeah, you might need to go to Walla for that. That's Walla, Walla, that's Walla. Ouch. <laughs> and then after that, you might need to go to Wally's. <laughs> yeah. To drown your sorrows, your space sorrows. Yeah, some water. Yeah, but that's so, all the way back in Microtech, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, and another most annoying bug is no matter how much water I buy and put in every suit that I have, as soon as you wake up and start the game, all water is gone. So I could never, mm. never keep water. Mm. Oh, I've been having problems. When I have like four units of Synergy Plus or something, I have to try to summon it twice to get one bottle out, but it charges me for both attempts to summon the bottle out of my backpack. So I'm dropping bottles of Synergy everywhere I go, it seems. Nick's oh. dropping bottles of Synergy. Synergy. Um, Chekhov, I think that brings us to your bug of the week, which you may not even have because you've been talking. We've all been talking about the no. bug bugalicious. I actually just remember a really, really weird one. So uh, I um, uh, I'll try to make it make it a quick one. So I was I was on a server in my Avenger right next to Crew L five. And uh, right, uh, right next to the space station. And somebody invited me to the party, which I joined on a different server. So they uh, pulled me out, right? Uh, mm-hmm. And somehow I end up on their server uh, back in the, uh, on, on the space station. And, and my Avenger just hangs there because I see it. It's like 500 meters away. And it just stays there. I took another ship, went somewhere else, uh, did something else, and I keep on coming back, and my Avenger is not claimable anywhere in the universe, and is just hanging there about 500 away from Crew L5. So, very weird one. Again, probably will never happen again, but I thought this was like Twilight Zone to me. Mm. You can um, always put ornaments on it, some tinsel, and say it's the Christmas adventure. I know. But ju- just the fact that I, w- I don't know how it happened. How could somebody pull me out of a I joined the I joined the party and I got pulled out of a live server into their server. I don't have a good answer for that. That doesn't seem like something that should be happening. Right? Yeah, that never happened. I mean that's that's kinda almost like you could say some sort of server mashing, right? In a way, not really, but you know, some kind of sync between servers. But who knows who, what they're experimenting with? Who knows? I Any, remember something like that happening before, but it asked you if you wanted to go to the other server. It didn't just grab you and say "ye." Oh, so so it did happen before with permission. I've never seen it. Period. Permission or not? So that's why it was a surprise to me. Well, it was difficult getting into a group when you weren't on the same server before. It wasn't mm-hmm. impossible. You could lose your connection to the server and rejoin a different one, in which case you would have that unique circumstance. Oh, okay, okay. 
All right. Well, nothing too exciting. And and of course, the bug is the uh, the star map. Star map. Oh my God, it's the uh, for me at least this patch. It's horrible. I mean, uh, all everything is obstructed. Even though I'm staring right at it, you know. I mean, things like that. So. I do not have the same level of issue that you do, but I I do get it occasionally. I get a weirder version. I have my star map occasionally not show up. It just stays a yeah. blank screen. I'll turn it off, turn it on, turn it off, turn it on, and then I get it back from nowhere, like it never had a problem at all. Yeah, exactly. I experienced the same thing. And I have to actually, to fix that, I have to um, kind of uh, open it in the HUD and then and then pull it in and then it appears. Man, that's that ghost of the Banu coming at us again. I just know it. <laughs> So, uh, with bugs aside, that brings us to the Q&A portion of our episode. All of our questions this week came from the Readcast Discord. Um, Our first question comes to us from Mavros, um, our friend from Spain, and he asks, um, I'm always hoping that there'll be a time in which things will go faster. Uh, I believe, you know, major releases, things like that. Uh, He said, server meshing and iCache seem to be key for this push. Is it possible that these features will come prior to the official assumption? Uh, somewhere in the, he's, he's stating the assumption somewhere in the middle of next year. Um, what do you think, Nick? I think they're probably pretty close on that assumption. I'd like to see him come sooner, but they, they're afraid to commit to that. And I think they'd be terrified of the bugs it might bring with it if they did release it early. Yeah. What about you, Chekhov? Well, to answer the first part of the question, you know, you can all things to go fast. You can always buy a faster quantum drive. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but as far as yeah, I mean, at this point, honestly, uh, I, I I will totally stop guessing. That's just like that whole server mashing thing is just a big unknown for me. Because mm-hmm. that's kind of, a, you know, we really don't have much visibility. You know, we, we don't have the full road ahead. It, it's very hard to say, at least if we see some sort of a road map that leads to it, then we, it's, it could possibly comment. But it's kind of a, you know, black hole right now. Yeah, I have a prediction. I think they'll come up with it probably close to the expected time. They'll turn it on. Something will be not quite right, and then someone will figure an exploit, and then they'll turn it off for a week or a month until they iron that out. I think they'll actually turn it on and then turn it off again because they'll find an issue once enough players are involved. I I feel like they're going to stagger pieces of it in some way or test it on a smaller thing. You know, like... I almost feel like they won't have iCache just be everything at once but like you know maybe early next year they'll be like test leaving your helmet in the middle of the woods and log off go to a different server and come back in and see what happens um and then i think they'll roll it out to everything that's considered an entity um and similar i i don't know what you could do with server meshing to to change that but i think uh, you know, to make it a, a small incremental, but these touch almost every aspect of the game. And so 
no matter what the the testing is going to be extensive yeah so you, you know when i started playing uh star citizen right first thing probably one of the first things i heard and saw on youtube was we're, we're at 50 players per server right you know and we're definitely going to 60 and maybe beyond right so w w whatever happened to that you know everybody forgot about that completely well i i think they pulled back the 60 just because they started putting so many in-game assets in you know each server right now is hosting stanton um so 60 players started to put a real damper on the server um nick will remember this but you know when i started playing the game there were 25 people a server mm -hmm. oh i remember 2.6 yeah that was a yep. wonderful time for a flight model cry astro for refuel and reload and Port Olasar yep. to destroy your ship. And then a few missions. So the, the universe was Tessa a lot smaller. Wow. Yep. Oh, Tessa. I can't wait till she comes back. Mm -hmm. She'll be giving us exploration missions for sure. Um, I do think, I will say this, I'm hoping that their estimates are accurate this time. They did say that um, they, you know, Last year at this time, they said server meshing wasn't going to be in the game this year. So we knew it wasn't going to be in 2020, um, even though people were hoping and guessing it would be. Um, you know, uh, we knew that. I just don't know if we knew it was going to be maybe like. They, they were unclear if, if they're trying to get it in by the beginning of Q2 or by the end of Q2 um, next year. And then iCash is the thing that they were hopeful they'd get in this year. Um, and we're, I think we're seeing sort of nuggets of it. I think they got to iron out some of those nuggets because they're starting to seem like, you know, not quite the type of nugget we're hoping for. Now it explains some of the things I've been seeing. Yeah. Um, so our second question comes to us from Canuck2099. Um, who, if you can't guess by his name, is a citizen of the North Canada. Um, he asks, and check off, you may have already answered this preemptively, what is one mistake you continually make when playing Star Citizen that even though you should know better, you just keep repeating? Uh, Nick. I occasionally will walk out of an airlock without a helmet and I'm surprised when I gasp for air and I go like, oh, no, I forgot. Hmm. Uh, Chekhov, what about you? Well, it's a forget to buy water and then forget to drink water. <laughs> <laughs> um, for me, it's a good question. I would say I don't I'm pretty good with the helmet usually. Um. But what I tend to do is I tend to forget once I use Medipens to re-equip them, that my others. And so I'll be spamming the Medipen button and I'm like, why am I bleeding out? And then I have to do it at the last second and then I typically bleed out and die. Yeah, I know that feeling. <laughs> so that's one. Um, our next question, it seems like we're going all international for the first few um, is from Georgie from Greece. 
And he wants to know, what would you like to know from the lore that you don't know or you can't find? For example, he'd like to know what happened to the Hadesians. Uh, those are the, the people who live in the Hades system. Or used to live in the Hades system, but they don't anymore. I remember hearing about those. They, I even watched the video where they described it. That's not just a mystery to us as players. According to what they say, they can't figure out exactly what happened. They have a few guesses that it was a system war, and they launched some sort of uh, doomsday weapon on themselves, which resulted in one of the planets getting wrecked. But they're guessing, and they're saying it's a mystery. I mean, we're talking one step away from Atlantis and at least we can see that they used to exist. Mm. I mean, I'm guessing that'll end up being content for us to discover. I sure hope so. That sounds like a really cool puzzle to solve. Mm. Um, what about you, Chekhov? Uh, I'm not a huge... I'm still listening and learning about the lore, so for me, that's a uh, really, you know... I, I won't be able to comment because you guys definitely know about the lore much more than me. But but I, I can add something to something for science, though, because I just discovered that Pembroke suit does not hold more than one bottle of water. Hmm. So I keep on buying and stowing, and my inventory shows one. Just uh, It didn't stop? It didn't stack them either? Nope. Uh, got one. That's it. Hmm. That's inconsistent. I've got multiple in mine. Yeah, I haven't had a problem with that either. Yeah, well, there's only one place for water in Pembroke, right? There are no legs and there are no torsos. Just yeah, it's just in one. the backpack. Yeah, yeah. So, again, maybe a bug, but that's what I'm getting. It could also be desync. That's what it seems oh, like to me. Oh, okay, okay. Um, that would be who knows? with what I've been running into with the click to to get one effect mm. when I'm retrieving. Mm. Um, so I'm actually curious. I'm excited to see um, how Squadron 42 impacts the lore of the game in general, right? Because we know that there's definitely going to be some sort of major events. And I think it'll be interesting to see the ramifications of that, especially since we'll be seeing Squadron 42 and then we'll see the volume two of that and three of that. What I don't know, and Nick, maybe you do, um, maybe you don't, but Squadron 42 takes place before the existing PU. Does volume two and volume three also take place before that, or is that following, following current timeline? That's going to be an arbitrary decision when they uh, work on those. It could go either way. And mm. I'm venturing to guess there's going to be some cross-game spoilers. Mm. Things that are unique to not one game, but are shared by both. But they're not mm. revealing in Star Citizen because it would be an effective spoiler in Squadron 42. Yeah. So basically like, Squadron 42 is going to spoil some of what would be a surprise in Star Citizen, I suspect. Yeah. Yeah, like we don't know if Admiral Bishop is going to be the Admiral once the game is live. Um, or, you know, once Squadron 42 is live, we haven't really gotten a lot of the UEE government except for the Imperator and some of the other um, 
minor roles, but I guess we'll see. I'm thinking, and this is pure guesswork, we're going to get an insight into one of the Van Duel systems in Squadron 42 oh, that probably. will predate access or exploration capability in Star Citizen. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, how many systems are going to predate in Squadron? I mean, I'm sure we won't see the Odin system until Squadron's released, um, even though they probably have the assets now, because I would imagine, you know, that'll be a spoiler. Makes sense. Um, so next, Admiral, these are all of our regular questioners. Um, Admiral Cody asks, what other podcasts do you listen to, if any? There are other podcasts. Hmm. <laughs> I, I don't That's believe in this one. heresy. <laughs> do you listen to any others, Nick? No. Actually, I the closest I come to podcasts is YouTube videos. And I have a few streamers that I listen to, like New Fire and Board. But mm-hmm. I don't really do podcasts except for this one. And that's because I have a vested interest in it. I'm fans. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and now you're now you're a uh, guest on the show, so you can hear your own voice for the next episode. Um what about you, Chekhov? So believe it or not, I used to listen to there were some good Star Citizen podcasts and unfortunately they're not around any longer. And uh, I certainly, you know, wouldn't mind, you know, listening to some uh well, one of my favorites, all all-time go-tos, of course, Joe Rogan, uh, and the whole host of sort of uh, industry-related stuff, you know, uh, some stuff on, you know, digital marketing and nothing nothing too interesting. But Joe Rogan for, like, casual listening. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I used to listen to a podcast that they stopped recording. It was called Versecast uh, by those guys um, with ships, which was great. Um, and they stopped. I don't know why they stopped, but it was they stopped a while ago now, um, which was disappointing to me. Um, for non-Star Citizen-related content, I'm a huge fan of Bill Burr. Um, so I listen to his podcast. I listen to a funny podcast with these three brothers called My Brother, My Brother, My Brother and Me. No, My Brother, My Brother and Me. My brother, my brother, and me. I think that's what it is. Mabim bam, that's what they call it. And then um, there's this really great one um, with uh, John John Larroquette, you know, from Night Court fame. His son is the host, um, and it's called Oh Yeah, Dude. And it's kind of just a comedy podcast. Um, and last but not least, there's a couple of guys who live in Brooklyn who are very inconsistent with their podcast and it's called um uh frank and eric internet famous and that's a lot of time in the car or in the train i mean i mean i it 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 varies when i listen to them i i actually listen to music on the train and read a book yeah um I i miss reading books yeah i love i love reading on the subway because I have like a 30 to 45 minute commute, depending. Um, 
when I do, I only take, I only go into the office once a week now, but you know, I cherish those moments <laughs> to, to be able to get through the book. Yeah. Well, and of course, you know, geeky me, for some reason I gravitate towards series probably even more so now because like it gives you something to reliably read. And I decided to reread the Harry Potter books mm. and I bought just one ebook with all of them together. So I'm pretty far along now, but it's been taking me quite some time. I would imagine. Uh, uh, you reminded me of what I used to do with the Dungeons and Dragons novels. <laughs> there was one that you reminded me of with that the Harry Potter book you described. It was called the Cleric Quintet. It had like five books about this cleric player character, all merged into one huge paperback. Mm. Oh my uh, goodness! Uh, speaking of podcasts, it was just uh, something interesting. Actually, I was listening to another one. There was a, there's a show on uh, I guess HBO Max called Raised by the Wolves. Mm-hmm. But uh, they have an accompanying podcast that they put out, mm-hmm. which is really cool. So you kind of watch the show, and then, you know, right after the show, you listen to the podcast, and it kind of sort of brings it all together. It's a really – it makes it so much more interesting, you know, to watch shows like that. Because like a yeah. sci-fi, you know, kind of a show. They, okay, uh, they- Does the podcast detail how they make the show? Or does it go further into the story of the show? Yeah, it's funny. You know, both. It's sort of like the lore, but also how they make it. You know, it's it's both. You know, it, it right. expands on different concepts. Uh, yeah, it, it's more it's more about go, going deeper of what happened in a, in a particular episode. You know, it's it sounds like sort of like um, what they used to do, or maybe they still do after Walking Dead with. Um, yes, yes, Talking Dead, right? Exactly, yeah. exactly. Or with more of audio. Will Wheaton, he does his little thing, which is Wheaton. Yeah, he'll go into it after every one of the episodes of Discovery, and he'll interview someone that was on that episode or a guest star. I mean, that's a thing now. Will Wheaton. Um, Last but not least, we get a question from our fearless leader, Techno, last week's guest. Um about who is or asking who is our favorite uh, star citizen youtuber and why and he has a second question after that Mm. i have selfish reasons for this i like the nubifier because he'll sum it up and boil down what you need to know quickly so you aren't sifting through what was the point of this video he just gets to it. I mm-hmm. like that. What about you, Chekhov? Right, so it's uh, it's uh, I guess it's four. <laughs> and I'm gonna go mm-hmm. real quickly. Uh, Marthologist, just that's pure art. You know, that's that's cinematography, right? Uh, mm-hmm. uh, then Earth, uh, because you know, obviously, we're a little biased, you know. He's kind of part of the org, and he has a completely different twist 
on how he does it, what he does. I agree with Nick about the Ubifier because of these, you know, when you don't have the time and you want to, you know, really get, you know, consume the information quickly. And our new, new up and coming star Nets Mage, because I have to say, with his last release, he is right up there with the best of them, you know? He's got some nice short content and he gets a lot of views for someone who's not really doing yeah, anything to promote I mean, it. I know the last one was like great, great music score. Uh, I guess that the, the, was that ours? Or was Cody, is it Cody did that? Yeah, okay. Cody has been creating a whole um, playlist of songs that can be used. So, you know, and they're all inspired by different things. For those who don't realize, Admiral Cody, who's in our org, has been composing music as a read soundtrack. So two of the songs on our soundtrack are by Cody. The only two that we have are by Cody. The, the intro and outro, which is called Navigating the Stars. And then Cody and um, Calibri uh, wrote the For Science um, snippet as well. I got to agree with uh, Chekhov. I'm fans of all of those. I thought we had to pick just one. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I, I never pick just one. So my favorites, and I there's no particular order. I love Mortho- Morphologist. His B-roll is just amazing. Um, Earth has some really good B-roll himself. And like you said, different take on things. Um, Ness is interesting um, for sure, and it's getting – it's nice, quick, digestible, um, and just sort of interesting content. I I like Nubifire. I would say an unsung hero who a lot of people don't talk about. Uh, he's sort of he's sort of still like um, board gamer, and I, and I like board gamer to a degree. He, he's just <laughs> I was sometimes. Just say, I, I thought nobody's gonna say board gamer. I like him to a degree, but sometimes he just talks about the same things or, or like his episodes talk a little bit more in depth, but they don't really answer any, like it'll be 25 minutes and it's not quick to just pull out information. I really like super Mac brother. He's uh, similar, same vein of as board gamer reporting what's out there. Some of the stuff is directly read, um, potentially, but his videos are shorter. They're not necessarily like super condensed. Like you'll still get videos that are like 16 minutes long, but he can be pretty quick with his like roadmap overviews and things like that. I find it just a little bit easier um, than than board gamers. So Super Mac Brothers, who I uh, like I just, well. it, you know, my only issue with board game and not about the content, but the the obnoxious spam, you know, both on the podcast side and on YouTube. That's just a, a little bit. Over. Oh, his plug his plugins. You mean at the end? Well, well, no, no, the 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 frequency that he's putting out this stuff. Oh, there's no need. Yeah, to, you know, I mean, well, and like, he he does use titles that like can be a little bit salacious, particularly when you're close correct. to a patch. It'll be like three point twelve. And it'll just be random stuff. I, I like his you like clickbait, huh? Right, right. Click, yeah. clickbait, like right. It's great stuff for side, when I'm bored and I want content. Yeah. On the plus side, he's got a new assistant that does uh, voiceovers in some of his stuff. Mm-hmm. Yes, and I heard. her name's Zinya, and she reminds me of Tessa Bannister's voice. So it feels yeah. like 
Tessa Bannister is doing videos now. Yeah. I will say this. The content that I'm liking from Board Gamer is the, the the selection content that I think you're sort of hinting at with Zinnia, where she's sort of voicing the candidates and the, the and the debater. Um, yes, you you are thinking of the same video I am. Yeah, it's so much. Um, it's it's just content that we haven't been getting. So I really appreciate that stuff. I'll still watch some of his AMAs and stuff when I'm just like not doing anything else. And I just want to hear about star citizen content. Sometimes I go on little benders and just watch as much content as I can get. And I think that's part of why I have learned so much about the the game um, beyond just playing it. But he's just, sometimes it's too much. Like I'll, I'll sometimes not watch anything from him for a week or two. And then sometimes I'll just, you know, spend an hour or two watching his content (laughs) Yeah, I do actually have to say I do listen to his podcast because in the car you do get a quick quick facts from him. Right? Mm. There's really no alternative. There are no other podcasts. Unless of course mm. I listen to you and I and our guests. Ah, yeah. Me too. I listen all the time just to make sure just the best stuff. I would I'd like to think that, but you know, I'm biased. Well, you know, I, I don't know of any other podcasts that exist, so I have to be biased. There you go. There you yeah. go. Hey, podcasting, what's that? <laughs> I've heard this term before. The casting of a pod variety. Um, Pods are for dolphins. <laughs> um, an escape. <laughs> there you go. Uh, last question by Techno is... And and this one's probably the most involved, so or the most time-consuming, probably. Uh, do right. you have a particular aspect to Star Citizen that you're looking forward to the most, such as exploration? Ooh, that's a tricky one. Yeah, I'd say mm. exploration and play out in the deep wilds where you're far away from all direct support and you're relying on what you brought with you and how good was your planning to get you out there. I'm looking forward mm. to that. What about you, Chekhov? Um, the, I mean, exploration is cool. I just cannot envision exploration that will get you there within one sort of evening. I would imagine this is sort of like reading, you know, Harry Potter probably mm. to to explore something. I mean, I'm sure it's going to be very gratifying once you do, but that's like a long-term missions, like sort of Star Trek type of a missions. Mm. Uh, I think from that perspective, I'm more of a like, uh, you know, quick fix kind of person. So I think I would probably love to see salvage and what, what that brings. Mm. Well, I think it depends on what you label as exploration because, you know, Exploration can drive finding salvageable goods. Exploration can drive, you know, finding mineable things. Exploration can drive finding a jump point, can drive finding phenomena, um, and even people in distress. Right. Let me put it to you this way. Jumping to microtech is too long for me. So (laughs) that's what I mean. Well, think about it this way. We'll probably be not landing to so many places as much as acting as a flotilla. Yeah. The yeah. Remote, 
mining ops. That's partly what I was thinking about. Mm. You know, and then like landing, creating an outpost, like a forward outpost, you know, things like that. Who knows? But the hard part will be like what happens if you get left behind, you know, how do you end up with the rest of the group? So I'm going to say something different uh, because as much as I'm excited about exploration and further mechanics around things like that, um, you know, a lot of those features are going to be so interdependent and I, I think I'm thinking more short term and I'm hoping this is a shorter term goal versus the long term big picture. But I'm really looking forward to some sort of level of org oriented features in the game. Being able to see who's online from your org, not just your friends list, being able to potentially save money as an organization, or pool resources or or have org in-game comms something that's going to promote more um easy access to the org outside of discord it it's it's a shame that we don't have something like that so far but i understand it since there's they're refactoring all sorts of different ui uh right now including your moby glass as well as they just finished the front end interface so maybe we'll start to see things integrated sooner um that's what i want Mm. Yeah. I think they were making some progress in that direction with yeah. what they've done with the friends lists and everything like that. Yeah, exactly. But, Unifying them. Yeah. I don't think they've touched anything to do with the orgs yet, and they really should, I think. Yeah, something. Um, so that's it for our questions. If you want to submit a question for next week's episode, you can do so by emailing us at readcastsc. That's readcastsc at gmail.com. Nobody seems to be emailing that, so feel free to do so. Also, if you have a comment or an idea, we're happy to hear those as well. Um, You can submit an audio message through Anchor um, or on our Readcast Discord. All all that information is in the show notes. Yeah, well, one more thing I thought of, and we we had this discussion before about special uh, episodes, special subject Mm -hmm. episodes. Maybe we should also ask with some suggestions on that, too. Like, what what do you you guys like to hear? What if we take one episode and really do like a deep dive into a subject, whether whether it's mining, whether it's... uh, you know, PvP, whether it's, uh, you know, anything at all. It isn't a, you know, it's absolutely anything. There, there, there's so much complexity in the game that I, I guess we could devote the episodes to almost anything we really dive to. Yeah, definitely, definitely suggest any, any special topic episodes you'd like to hear. We'll probably pull together people that we think um, know a lot about that given area into the conversation and have a little bit of like a round table. So it might not just be three people, you know, the two of us and a guest, it might be a group. Um, so we, we'd be more than happy to start recording things like that. And maybe even um, the, the, the person that suggests something and that's the topic that we pick, we invite them also to the round table, right? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. We could do almost anything. Um, Thank God, because FCC is not watching, right? (laughs) Well, they wouldn't be watching an audio podcast either. (laughs) Um, So don't forget, if you are looking to explore the verse with a crew, 
that is respectful, law-abiding, um, you know, all-around fun, don't forget to look at READ. You know, READ stands for Research and Engineering through Exploration and Discovery. We're a great org, as you're probably seeing with all of our guests. Um, so take a look at us. Our, our uh, information is on the Star Citizen website, and you can find it in the show notes as well. Um, so that wraps it up for tonight. Thank you, everyone, for joining. Uh, Nick, it was great having you here. As as always, you're hey, a my sage. Pleasure. <laughs> um yeah and i'm sure we'll have you on again sometime but uh have have a great rest of your night and we'll catch you all in the verse thank you all <laughs>